0: On the Record with Gavin Riley, Brought to you by PwC. On News Talk. We're joined in the studio by Sinn Féin TD for Dublin Central and the party's leader, Mary-Lou Macdonald. Uh, Mary-Lou, thank you for coming in this lunchtime. Your party is tabling a motion of no confidence in the government this coming week in the Dáil. Why and why now?
1: Well, the government lost its Dáil majority, as you know, Gavin, um, as they rammed through a defective scheme to deal with uh, defective blocks, mica, pyrite. Uh, Your listeners will know that um, people in Donegal, in Mayo, in Clare, across the west of Ireland uh, now have their homes crumbling around them through no fault of their own. Um, The government rammed through this scheme, uh, allowed only two hours for debate or consideration and in the course of that turn of events um, one of the government members, Joe McHugh, voted against government and they lost their majority. So we now have a situation where we're two years into this administration. We have evidence, clear evidence, of very spectacular failure, a lack of leadership, even at times a lack of basic organisation on their part. And as they dealt with this issue of mica and pyrite and those families, for me that demonstrated, I think, most graphically why it is now time to call time on them and for them to go. What was so I mean, visual
0: or so graphic about well, that?
1: Well. The public gallery. We haven't had a lot of people in the public gallery of late because of Indeed. COVID, as you know, it's all been changed. But the public gallery was full. Campaigners and families had come to see what was happening. Uh, they were aghast at the fact that this legislation was being rammed through with such uh, with such a lack of scrutiny. But in the course of the debate and towards the end, I actually heard I heard a sob in the public gallery, and. The the government went on, the, the votes happened, they carried uh, the day, um, but the families and the campaigners walked out of the public gallery. So imagine that for a scene, taxpayers, decent people who have done nothing wrong, looking to government to have their back to support them, to be fair with them, marching out, some of them sobbing. And government benches shrugging their shoulders. That to me, I mean, I could, I could give you chapter and verse on failures in housing and health, all of the you you follow uh, yeah. the, the situation day and daily. We could do that. But for me, that moment, I, I think just crystallized certainly just how bad things have gotten. So it, it's now a decisive moment. People need to decide what they're going to do. Um, and I think it is a choice between, on the one hand, saying this is a successful government who should carry on, which to me is unthinkable, or this is clearly shambolic, and they're out of time. And now, and now we call okay. that and name that in the doll. Okay, so be those scenes
0: uh, in the doll this week as they were. Um, we still know, though, that Joan McHugh, having only resigned from the government on Wednesday, is still, you know, a, a government sympathiser. He is unlikely to vote to collapse the government this week. We know that there are two independent TDs who are independent in name only because they're only serving a short-term suspension from the Green Party. We know that there are a handful of other independents who, on a case-by-case basis, will support the government. There is one at least this week, Colberry, who says he will support the government as long as he gets a commitment about a future on uh, a plan for the future of Defence Forces. Um, there is no way in hell this motion is going to pass. So why bother?
1: Well, um, I I don't uh, accept that. Uh, That's not going to pass. I I think if it was such a foregone conclusion, then it's unusual to see reports in the media that the the Taoiseach, the head of government, apparently is making rounds of phone calls to people uh, to uh, urge them, convince them... uh, to, to uh, back this this government uh, again. You wouldn't we, just see that
0: as being prudent housekeeping on the part of a thesis? Well, look,
1: he, he'll do what he would do. I, I'm making the point uh, that nothing in political life is ever a foregone conclusion, Gavin. It's a, there would be a mistake to imagine that it is. Let me make this wider point. I mean, Sinn Féin leads the opposition. So our job is to hold the government to account. Our job is also to demonstrate how we would do things and how things can and, and would be done differently, but at a moment where a very bad government loses its parliamentary majority, loses its tall majority and in circumstances where their failures in a cost of living crisis are so evident and people are feeling it so directly, of course we are going to call them out on that. And then for independence, you see they may take the view uh, that uh, they can put together some kind of a, a deal for example with the Defence Force. I mean in the two years uh, that this government has been in office, I see no evidence of a step change in terms of how members of the Defence Forces um, are treated. I know we've had analysis, we've had reports but when I talk to constituents of mine and army families in my district, they're not reporting any great change. In fact, they tell me how deeply frustrated they are. So, every individual TD will now have to assess uh, what is the best thing to do either to back the government for more of the same or to stand with us, and and it should just be said that uh, so far the majority of the opposition have indicated that they will, in fact, mm-hmm. uh, yep. support the no confidence motion. Um, but you
0: don't think that the outcome is a foregone conclusion, you think it is still possible? I, do, I, to I it? don't
1: listen. I not, not alone do I not think anything in political life is a foregone conclusion. I think the need, um, for political change that we saw in 2020 has grown and grown, and, and by the way. If you want my prediction, I think it's going to grow even more. And I also know... That it's not our job to say that more of the same, all, same, all, same is just a foregone conclusion. Sure, we're never going to make politics if that's yeah. our progress, if that's going to be the approach. But
0: I wonder, are you actually prepared for a general election if one were to happen? Because that would be the effect if your motion was carried on Tuesday night. I mean, I don't know whether you've got a full state of candidates nominated be, for Whenever the
1: Whenever the election <clears throat> happens, we'll be ready for it. When the election happens, we'll go and we'll... fight the election, as will every other party. But if you thought the
0: government was going to collapse on Tuesday night, you'd already have your your slate of candidates fully ready, wouldn't
1: you? Well, we'll be ready whenever the election is. If the election is this year or next, uh, or whenever it happens, and we don't hold all the cards, as you've rightly said, Mm -hmm. in that regard. But we'll prepare, just as uh, every other political party will prepare. And what we will do, (coughs) Gavin, and because after the last election, I literally couldn't walk the length of myself without people pulling me and reprimanding me. Um, for not running enough candidates, um, and in the initially, I used to try and mount a defence mm. of that decision. I've, I, what don't was the do, I, you'd I don't. I don't that anymore. So two well, we had, ago, what was the defence? Well, we had come out of a very, very difficult local and European election. I mm-hmm. mean, so we had a huge job of work to do as a political organisation to regroup, to recenter ourselves, to to really start getting things uh, right. Um, but be that as it may, twenty twenty came and we hadn't fielded enough candidates. So I'm not offering up a defence now, listeners. I I will not make that mistake yeah. again. And we will run. We will run but a, a large to say number that, of that candidates. You actually
0: didn't see the appetite for change coming to the scale that it did, or do no, you think I that the race just manifested differently because you were excluded from the first debate on the channel that I work for? As it happens, and that it just then kind of lionised this sense of you being change.
1: I think that none of us fully grasped the appetite for change until we were actually out extensively all across uh, the country on the ground. That's when it became very clear. I mean, the people were in in many ways ahead of the politics and they had their, their, their minds very set on change and I think still have their their, their minds set on change. And I hope, and mm. I'm not, Jesus, I'm not one bit presumptuous or uh, arrogant about this at all, at all, at all. Um, But I really do hope whenever the election happens... That enough people would be prepared to give us the mm. chance.
0: And you'll be you'll be prepared to field enough candidates to, yes, to, to maximize on the thirty seven percent or whatever it is that you're currently polling at?
1: A- absolutely being and no doubt. I made that commitment to I think just about every taxi driver in this city, <laughs> to every farmer that I came across, to every to people the length and breadth I've they've been taken through my paces. So mm. I, I've t- I've taken my instructions from the from the electorate and the people and I will make sure but, that I have but, that work done. But
0: bearing in mind your your caveat that nothing can ever be taken for granted and that the election could be uh, two and a half or more years away. Obviously, the opinion polls say what they say right now. The party is, uh, by some distance, the most popular in the state, the most popular in the island. Um, have you given any thought to whether you're actually striking for overall majority territory? Are you going to seek 80-plus seats, or have you given some thought to, if you do want to deliver change, who's actually going to be sitting in the benches beside you as you do it?
1: Well, the, the first thing is, <clears throat> over the short, the medium, or the longer term, we have to keep our eye on the absolute necessity to keep working very, very hard, representing people to the very best of our ability. And the team that I lead, and I happen to think, if I might say so, I lead an exceptionally talented team, uh, are very busy with two tasks. Number one, holding the government to account, representing people now in the here and now, pressing for wins where we can to change. So, for example... On the cost of living crisis, the the government was saying, no, we can't move the budget, we can't intervene, you're going to have to wait until October. We got them to move at least some of the way Mm. in terms of back to school uh, expenses. So that was a a slight win. So that's job number one. And then job number two is to prepare for the prospect of of government and to be ready. And I can't predict uh, what the opinion polling or what the actual poll will be on the mm. day. But I know that we will work very hard to get the very largest no, mandate that we can. Sure,
0: but the, the reason I ask is because it doesn't take a huge amount of imagination to know that a lot of the seats that you would be targeting to extend, for example, a second seat in your own constituency in Dublin Central, would probably come at the cost of someone who's sitting in opposition alongside you right now. So that's one fewer option then if you need to build a coalition to make up the numbers.
1: Well, that, that'll that be a call for the people of Dublin Central. I wouldn't just take take that as, as, as red. I mean... Um, campaigns matter politics matters I think people in increasing numbers now have an open mind in respect of uh, their voting positions I think lots of people who maybe traditionally haven't been consistent voters Mm. um, I I think they will look as the prospect of a a change government really comes into prospect that's that's an interesting thing and a new dynamic uh, for them uh, but look, I, so I had said... you think it's possible you
0: could be winning votes from people who are traditionally Fine Gael or Fianna Fáil voters? Oh,
1: I, th- I, th- I you think... Could,
0: you could take a second season, you could still have Gary Gannon and that's a hurricane of the door alongside you. I think,
1: I think... Um, when the, the one election to lose comes When the election comes, I think, and as we present our programme and our manifesto, we'll be aiming to talk to everybody. We want to reach the widest possible group... Uh, to speak to them about the absolute now, uh, not just necessity of change, mm. but in fact the urgency of change at this at this time. Does that include and the parties hope, that are in government right hope, now? Though, pardon me,
0: does that include the the parties that are in government right now? Do you think you could you could effectively deliver what you see as change if it meant having to work alongside? Fianna Fáil or the Green Party or even Fine Gael on And the that's mentioned. an
1: interesting question isn't it? I mean I, I you'll have heard me say ad nauseum in the last campaign the best election outcome last time round would have been a government without Fianna Fáil or mm. Fine Gael um, The worst outcome was Fianna Fáil with Fine Gael and unfortunately mm. that's what we're saddled with I, I, I hold the same view in, the, in terms of the next election whenever it happens that but the best like possible outcome them. is to have a government of change unencumbered by the failures, the failed thinking, strategies and approaches of the two old parties. But I also said in the last election, and I will say it in respect of of the next uh, contest, that once the votes are counted and the people have spoken, I will absolutely respect that and we will talk to everybody. Whether or not you could find a way of agreeing what needs to be delivered and how it needs to be delivered with those other parties, I don't know. But what I do know is that the stronger the Sinn Féin mandate, <coughs> the stronger the position we are to change things and to, to drive okay. home that that new agenda. So that, that will be my my focus and okay. our focus.
0: Are you optimistic that the new Conservative leader, whoever that might be, and therefore the new Prime Minister, might take a slightly different approach to matters north of the border like the protocol or legacy? Or do you think that is baked into party ideology now and the personnel doesn't matter?
1: Well, look, I I think that um, Boris Johnson's tenure has been um, really very, very difficult for Ireland. I think his interactions with with, with us has been entirely negative. Um, We have seen a a very open attack on the Good Friday Agreement, threats to break international and the breaking of international uh, law, a a constant game with uh, political unionism, uh, which is disingenuous and dangerous and the Tories have done this for generations. They have used uh, Irish unionism and Ulster unionism as a pawn in their own power play um, and all of that needs to change, Gavin. Whether or not it will, I think, remains to be seen but but I think it, there has to be absolute clarity and I hope unanimity from this side of the pond uh, if the Tories listen, uh, which is, there might be a question mark <laughs> over that, um, that the idea of dispensing with the protocol is not real. That's cloud cuckoo land stuff. The protocol is working, the economic data for the north of Ireland tells the story. And the story is that the protocol is the ticket for the North to have access to the European single market. And that's a good news story for the North. The majority of MLAs elected support the protocol. So a lot of that that kind of very bombastic politics that Boris specialised in, um, that needs to be dispensed with. And the new leader, whoever they are, um, needs to hear very loudly, not just from Ireland, but from our international allies, mm. from the Europeans, but also from the United States of America, that the Tory leadership may change, but the political but, imperative of protecting the Good Friday Agreement and Irish interests, that, that won't change. Have at they all. not been
0: hearing that already? Has there not been pretty much unanimity from everyone on this island other than unionists and everyone across the Atlantic? I mean, there's been pretty much worldwide yes, unanimity And we and we that.
1: need to and we need to scale that up. Now is the moment you see, this could prove to be a moment where things are at least partially reset. Or it could be a moment where you get more of the same and continuity. Is it and, Therefore, think I not think not going we to get need...
0: anything other than more of the same because even though there are some Tories who are on record as having concerns about the unilateral approach to the protocol for example there wasn't a single Conservative MP who voted against that bill when it went through second reading mm-hmm. in the House of Commons. So the idea like which I know has been articulated this week by Michael Martin you're suggesting there might be some scope for it here as well that a new leader could take a, a, a reset they could go back to the old hands across the divide drawing board let's do things you know ad idem is is fanciful stuff.
1: Well, listen, I've dealt with enough Tory pr- prime ministers. Not, to, I'm not one bit naive about the Tories. Let me tell you the best. The best route now for Ireland is not to have uh, Tories having any involvement in Irish affairs. No. And unfortunately, we're left with them because no, our island, for now mm-hmm. is still uh, partitioned. Do I believe that there will be a sea change? No, that's not going to happen. But do I believe that uh, with a consistent um, voice from Ireland and international and big diplomatic pressure. And I, I've put this to me, Mar- Martin, many, many times that the Irish state needs to leverage all of the diplomatic clout that it has and in a very, very focused way. And now is a moment uh, for that. Are the Tories going to change their mind as regards Ireland? Do leopards change their spots, or Tory spots? Hmm. I don't think so and it would be naive to well, expect that. Yeah, well then, sure.
0: then I wonder then do you think that there is any solution that, that works for you or that re- resolves things to your satisfaction other than looking for a border poll? And does that therefore become your top priority? As well soon well as look, you're
1: I, I want to unite Ireland because I know and I firmly believe that this is the biggest opportunity for this island. I, I mean I couldn't overstate uh, just the ambitions that we can realise as an island nation I think it's terrific and I think increasingly as the conversation deepens and as and when a government convenes a citizens assembly or gives some forum for proper planning and discussion increasingly people are going to see that including people in the north and including people who come from a unionist tradition hauliers and farmers and business people and trade union activists and mm. so on but, and so forth. But, 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 but in the here and now... Why don't
0: you put proposals out there now though? Because you, you've just referred to a citizens' mm-hmm. assembly there and there's talk, you know, that could you put some of the ideas out there and that you need to have all these things on the table so people know what they're voting for. You've been agitating for this conversation for a long time. I've yes. never seen your party put out a white paper, for example, saying, here is what we think it could look like. Here well, is actually, its constitutional structure. For
1: actually, example. some time back, in, a number of years ago, we, we did publish green papers, actually. You probably... we back to
0: yeah. No, no, no. Well,
1: no, no, it wasn't as far back okay. as, as that. Um, but I accept your point. No, your point is fairly made. Of course, we need to come with proposals. But what we also need to be is clear that the, the job of building a New Ireland and uniting Ireland is not just down to Sinn Féin or Republicans. Like, you have to have the government in Dublin creating the space and the forum where everybody, including us, including Republicans, including Sinn Féin people, to put our proposals, to put our our positions and to hear the positions of others. As it happens, we are starting a series of uh, people's assembly meetings. The first one is going to happen in October in Belfast. Um, We are also doing a huge amount of work internally on questions like an Irish National Health Service, the economic model, we need to rejig, we need a new economic strategy for the whole island. So we're beavering away at that, but we're very, very conscious that you need to bring all of society with you from the, from the get-go. Mm. And from the get-go, it needs to be clear, so, this is you, a national effort. And how, how
0: will you get then people who aren't of your tribe, so to speak, to attend something like that in But Belfast? that's my
1: point. But, the, but but that is, my well, we're going to have the event and everybody who wants to come is more than welcome. And by the way, we have... Uh, regularly had people not of our tribe uh, attend lots of Sinn Féin events including our ORDESH. In fact, we encourage that. We need to be hearing voices that don't resonate with our with our view. We need to hear uh, different views. Sometimes we all need to challenge each other. That's a good mm. and a healthy thing. But ultimately, the government in Dublin has to provide that space. And let me tell you, if, if Micheál Martin or Leo Vradgar isn't going to make that move and see the good sense of that, I can assure you, if... Uh, the people give me the chance and the opportunity. I certainly will be on the ball on that one. Well, certainly, we're not going to sort unity uh, today in this no, studio for now. Un- so unfortunately. We, so
0: we, we will let you go. Uh, Marilyn McDonald, leader of Sinn Fein, thank you very much for joining us this lunchtime thank you so in much studio. On the record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PWC.
1: Sunday morning at 11. On News Talk.